Blog Talk Radio. Peace, family. Welcome back for another episode of It's That Easy with Nicole and Nikki. Uh, While we wait for my lovely co-host to jump on the line and plug in with us uh, this morning, and I just saw her ring in, um, let's let's get started uh, with announcements for the week. So um, Sundays at noon with the priesthood, you can catch Quantum Scripture. Um, Coming up September 23rd, Third through the 25th is the Positron Pass weekend, and you can get details and further information about both of those events, and as well as additional events and activities with the priesthood at, at two different websites, myastrologycoach.com, and you can also find additional information at theimaginationguru.com. So while we get ready to jump into the show, let me make sure I, I can get a mic check from my lovely co-host, Coley Cole. Can you hear me? Check, 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 check. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Oh, I'm actually um, at at the airport this morning, um, but I think I have my, my setup um um, dug in well enough that we shouldn't have any interruptions this morning. So I'm I'm doing good. How are you, Coley Cole? Look look at you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I roll with you. <laughs> right. You know we're gonna get it done, Coley Cole. We gonna get it done. I'm about to answer. Well, awesome. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. So how about I um, start out with with our topic uh, for the day, and we can jump into it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, for today's episode of It's That Easy with Nicole and Nikki, we're going to be discussing the topic of fear, especially as it relates to the need for a savior, sometimes observed in humanity. Uh, Questions to be examined will include how does fear manifest in the human psyche? What role does fear play and how does it impact our consciousness? We'll also be looking at where does the need for a savior come from? And of course, as always, we'll be looking at how to heal the trauma, right? Proactivity. So how to heal the trauma from such programming and experiences. And as always, we're we're live 11 a.m. on Friday, specific time, 2 p.m. Eastern. So you ready to roll into it, Coley Cole? I would love to. So I know this was uh, something that you had kind of, this is one of the topics that you had really been passionate about. So I'm, I'm, I'm open. No. <laughs> so I was on the plane this morning, and I'm jotting down all of my notes and stuff. And I'm now, like, wait, where are you coming <laughs> from? What are you doing? Where well, are you actually, coming? no, where I'm coming. You? I'm coming into um, Los Angeles this morning. Okay. Um, I have a okay. I have a business meeting this morning, and Beautiful. it's you know it's um um it's kind of a big deal. And it's funny as I was you know, preparing this morning for my flight and just getting myself ready mentally. And, of course, at the same time thinking about the show because I'm constantly thinking about the show and observing my experiences throughout the week to see how those things correspond Mm. to our topic for the week. So naturally, um, you know, my activities for today 
correlated directly to, you know, what we're talking about today on the show. So, you know, like I mentioned, I'm on a I'm I'm on a business trip this morning and, you know, I I, I was reflecting to myself and, and thinking about the space that I'm in and my entrepreneurship. I've I've been doing fashion design for ten years now. And I was having a conversation earlier in the week uh with a with a friend and fellow entrepreneur who's, you know, just kind of starting to get um her feet wet and and, and into this idea of entrepreneurship and is is really new to the concept. And, you know, we were talking about it and I'm like, you know, so what's on the horizon for you? You know, or she's a she's a, a chef. And so I'm like, is there and and is there a bakery? Your you know your own bakery on the horizon? And her response was like, you know, well, I'm I'm really kind of torn right now as to whether or not I'm going to focus solely on desserts or if I'm going to do like this urban cafe. And I'm like, oh my god, I love the idea of the urban cafe. And you know, we were talking about it a little bit more. And what she mentioned was that another piece of her hesitation around entrepreneurship has a lot to do with, you know, her her responsibilities and this perceived concept that, you know, working for someone else is safer than, you know, becoming an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. So that was so interesting for me. And my response to her was like, I, as of 2016, it's been 10 years that I've been, you know, doing my work in the fashion industry and learning this this industry and, you know, everything that I know about it, I've, I've learned through trial and error. I was not trained formally in fashion. I just learned it, and it was kind of in my DNA. And I said, if nobody's ever told you before, let me be the first to tell you. We all have a gift, and it is my belief that ultimately – we are all responsible for making the jump. And she said, whoa, you know, I, 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 I didn't know that the jump was necessary. And so as I was thinking about our topic for the day and, and talking about fear and, you know, questioning, does, does humanity as a whole have this expectation that somebody is supposed to save them, right, this entitlement that, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's supposed to, you know, do it for me? And what occurred to me as I was thinking about that was, not only is taking the leap absolutely necessary because because to me as I think about it and I, you know, just have conversations with folks who are who are older and, you know, into their mid years and, and, and you know, um, developing and maturing in this journey called life, oftentimes when I'm having question, um, um, conversations with these folks and, and I, I, I like to ask people, you know, do you have any regrets in your life? What, you know, what's the source of, of, of your major, you know, concerns or frustration in life? And I find that most times people's response, people who are older and more, more mature, their response tends to move away from, you know, this idea that money will solve all of our problems, which I think that in our youth, many of us tend to believe. You know, when we're in our 30s and probably even 40s, we're we're stuck on this idea that I have to go the safe route. I have to go to college. I have mm-hmm. to get, you know, the, the career so that I can do, you know, I can have the American dream. And and so in, in talking to folks, I hear a lot of times folks saying, 
I didn't, the, the source of my anxiety, the source of my, my regret in life is that I didn't follow my passion. Mm. And, and, and when I hear that, what, I, what I'm hearing people say is that the jump is, like, absolutely necessary. And not only is it necessary, but when I think about it, I'm like, it's also a rite of passage. When we take the jump, that's, how, that's, that's one of the ways that we know that we've, you know, stepped into our grown-up hood, right? Now we're, we're independent, we trust ourselves, we believe in ourselves. And so for me, you know, this concept of entrepreneurship was, was really one of the big things that popped up for me in thinking about this topic. Well, you know, I, I, when you said rites of passage, and I know we, look, we tend to answer all the questions in no order, <laughs> um, what came up for me was, um, you know, when we talk about fear, the need for a savior, but we talk about fear and we talk about what is fear, you know, what, what exactly is fear showing up to tell us? Um, and, and where does it kind of come from? And I know that, you know, I did the college route, right? So, you know, I grew up, with, you know, you go to college, you get a good job, and that's it. That's, that's mm-hmm. what you do. Um, yeah. And so when you talk about rites of passage, oftentimes entrepreneurship isn't necessarily one of our rites of passage. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. seen as this this you know, big mountain you have to climb and only only they climb it. You know, if we get right, into they, it, on, the they, the others. If, yeah, if we get into it, it's, well, I don't really know how, and, you know, Jimmy didn't come through, and, well, who are you going to get right. money to fund you? Your, your family, you can't ask your family. And it, you know, it, it, I, I really like this, this, this rites of passage because nowadays, especially with the technology and with women, you're just seeing it everywhere. Moms working from home, moms, you're seeing more women stepping into entrepreneurship. You know, it's all over the place. Um, and so Absolutely. I think that's one of the, you know, one of the things, you know, when you're talking to your to the lady talking about the bakery and that, and that kind of, you, you know, when you told her, you have to make that jump. We don't, we don't really have any rites of passage about jumping like our community is like mm. graduating from high school if you go to college that's awesome but that's it right <laughs> like that's it, that's, that's it. I, I mean our yeah. high school is basically like our rites of passage like woo, okay baby graduated from high school and if you go to college and that's a that's huge deal extra. for us right that's our, you know that's that is the jump into adulthood so you know i love that more there's going to be more women like you raising daughters where they don't like for and for my daughter too. She goes and chooses to go to college. That's great, but it's not something I'm going to push because what I want her to work for herself. I want her to do what mm. she loves to do and have right. a career, right? So I mean, that's just kind of a shift I'm hearing because I yeah. grew up. You go to work, you get it. You go. You <laughs> right. know, and if you want to, if if you want to like what you do, you better go to school. But you don't create it. You don't create a job. <laughs> No, you you have to go and be qualified by someone else, and you have to go and find work with someone else. And and don't get me wrong, because I went the college route, you know. I I felt the pressure in leaving high school to go to, you know, the the go to the four year university. So I picked the most expensive one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to I went to a private 
University, and, I, you know, I studied political science. And, and a lot of times, you know, folks ask me, well, did you go to college? What did you study? And and are surprised to find out that, you know, my, my chosen path, it, I say it appears to be so different from um, my political science major in college. It, it only appears to be that way. What I found um, you know, through through my schooling is that everything is politics. So I don't exclude anything from that realm. Um, but I, 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 I did the college route and, you know, I had the intentions of, you know, I wanted to be, in my mind, I was going to be a part-time um, civil rights attorney and I was going to pick and choose, you know, what cases I wanted to work. And then in between, mm-hmm. I was going to work as a college professor or, or a teacher, you know, and it's mm-hmm. funny because now I look at my life and I'm I'm like, did I veer extremely far away from my original goal and and it's funny it's like no not not exactly here i am you know 10 years later and i'm i i am teaching you know and and i am mm-hmm. participating in different ways in you know social political consciousness so no they all you know it, it's funny to me how those things really intermingle um and 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 you know thinking about you know there's a, there's a pressure um that that comes about i think for a lot of you know high school seniors to you know everybody's asking what school are you going to you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i laugh at myself mm-hmm. because i incurred so much debt going to a private university that had I been smart enough when I was in high school and I tell I tell young people this all the time, if I was smart enough when I was in high school, I would have taken my, my general ed stuff at a junior college first and then transferred <laughs> to a four year university to save myself right. some money. <laughs> Right, but there's right. that pressure that says that, you know, you, you've got to go to the university. You've got to find, you know, the most prestigious of jobs. And and, and I, I'm appreciating, you know, like you said, Cole, Cole, this shift that we're starting to see and most, more more people starting to take an interest in, you know, their their innate sort of calling or their innate skills and, and mm-hmm. also, you know, getting into entrepreneurship. I'm just loving um, seeing it happen. But entrepreneurship is not the only place, you know, that that I'm seeing this this fear concept, this need for a savior um, uh, thing mm-hmm. pop up. Mm-hmm. So one of our first, one of our questions, and, you know, we kind of bounce around and do our thing, but one of the questions mm-hmm. that I wanted to pose for today is, um, um how does fear manifest itself in in the psyche in you know in 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 the corresponding effect of you know the 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 cause how does fear show up because i what i realize is that you know so many of these different um ideas concepts that we look at that are considered to be negative the reality is and as we discovered last week right when we were talking about were we talking about fear last week and we were talking about ego and realizing that ego has its its positive side it has its place and what's occurring to me in this in this conversation is that fear too like ego has its place and it's necessary so the first thing that I want to acknowledge is the fact that, you know, fear is respond. It has its place, and its place is to 
preserve us, to keep us safe, right? That's that's that fight or flight element which which helps us in our decision making to determine, you know, what is going to preserve my life and keep me safe and comfortable. So so that's the positive aspect of fear. But mm-hmm. of course with all things in you know Understanding that we have to practice all things in moderation, of course, fear also has its negative side or its 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 access, which says that you know um, fear can can start to build up in in our in ourselves, in our decision-making. And mm-hmm. and one of the things that I wrote down is the fact that once we start making decisions from a space of fear, what then is absolutely necessary to follow because we understand that the universe itself works in its own system of laws. Nothing operates outside of that. So mm-hmm. the, the effect of operating from a space of fear is that we then have to experience frightening situations. So that's that's mm-hmm. the scary side and the negative side of fear or the excessive side of fear. I I am so with you. Um I mean I think we've all kind of heard different acronyms for fear, right? Uh false evidence appearing real. Um what's another one a good one about fear? Um, you know, I, you know, and, and it's really changed for me, especially since I, I know we always talk about parenthood and what, how it's changed us, but fear has changed for me <laughs> since I've become mm, a mother. Tell me about that. Um, you know, I think, it, it, like you said, there were those, there were those things where you just were kind of scared to try something, um, you know, but now fear shows up differently fear you know my daughter is going to be five she's starting kindergarten now when my daughter was born I was like by the time she's five and in kindergarten I'm gonna be working for myself I'm gonna be working for myself <laughs> and <laughs> but if you you can say that but if you don't have you know if, if if you don't see that you can say it but if you're not around it if you don't see it if you you know you that if you're not vibrating that right as we talk about it doesn't come right. into your experience and I had right. ideas come to me so like I was really intent I put it out there like I'm gonna I'm gonna be working for myself da, 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 da. so my daughter was about uh maybe not even a year old and I got this idea for a fanny pack this fanny pack <laughs> I was in the shower and it hit me like yo like yo yo what if you had like instead of a like you remember a sarong right so your fashion you imagine a sarong uh-huh but what if you just if you in the sarong where you're where you're where you carry the baby pro se like a kangaroo pouch you have pockets mm-hmm. that zip up mm. so you could put your stuff in your sarong and put it <laughs> and keep it moving on the right. beach cuz i was a i was somebody who was uh, my my uncles have boats so we were out there on the boats, and you got your phone. We, you know, now we don't take, we don't go anywhere without our phone. So I was like, man, yeah. you can't put your phone in a bikini. And that's what happened to me. I had been out having a good time. I had a bikini on, and I didn't have nowhere to put my phone. I'm going to stick it in my butt. Right. You know, like, it was ridiculous. So I was like, yo, I'm in the shower. This idea comes to me like a bolt of lightning. Like I jumped wow. out of the shower so excited. I started I started sketching it up. I, I started researching. I mean, I, girl, I went to L.A. three months later to try out the Shark Tank. That's I mean, awesome. with, 
which now I look back and I laugh. Girl, do you know I have this stuff hand sewn together with duct tape? And I went to Shark Tank to try out. <laughs> See, you gonna have to get with me before you go to Shark Tank again, okay? <laughs> so I can put that sample together for you. <laughs> yeah, my sample was jacked up, but I was on pure like, and I just kept going. Yes. Okay, so then the momentum. Now this is where fear kicks in. My daughter's getting older. I have this job. And I'm just, like, running out of money. I don't really understand how to make it keep going. And so fear didn't show up, like, like obvious, like, oh, I can't do this. Fear showed up very subtle, like, oh, I'm tired tonight. It's subtle. Right. Ooh, um, oh, yeah. Oh, I know I got, that part. I know I got that this. part of fear well. Yeah. I, I, got, I got so much to do. I worked all week. Nicole, you deserve a weekend off. That's how fear right. started to show up. And I oh, didn't think yeah. it was fear. I didn't even right. know it was fear. Yes. I, I am so glad that you said that, Holy Call. Right? Yeah, because right. the huge part of me, the huge part of me, I, I, I hope nobody takes this offensively, the slave part of me was like, you want us to get off the plantation and, and, what, and, and leave this? I mean, what you talking about? I mean, we got Kaiser, <laughs> we got dental. We got, right. you know, you got a baby now. You got to be responsible. You have a baby. You can't right. just haul off and have this idea and, and, and put all your savings into this. Because I started getting samples. I started working with people, and they were like, okay, well, you know, you have to make a small run. I mean, I got into it, Nikki, Nikki. Nikki, I was in it. I was in it to win it. Girl, <laughs> that feels like started it. kicking in. Started kicking in. It People does. were like, "Yeah, it's cool," but I don't really get it. Girl, I had different variations. I had, I was trying to get it waterproof. I was like, if they had a waterproof pocket, that's gonna be it. I'm gonna sell the the, the, the living stuffings out of this thing. <laughs> and the fear just kept going. The fear of just like nobody's done anything like this, Nicole. You don't know anybody who's done anything like this. There right. and then my momentum, right? My momentum slowed down. Girl, do you know when my momentum slowed down, I saw something that looked very similar to what I had created in the Victoria's Secret catalog? Hush. Hush. No. No, and it hurt. It, I mean, I, I cried. I, I know. cried. I cried. Oh, it hurt. Oh, no. Because it was like the yeah. universe said, you said you wanted to be working for yourself by the time your daughter was in kindergarten. Do you know if I would have ran with that? Do you know I didn't yeah. be out of this cubicle today? And I know that. Yeah. And it took me a long time. To let, I had to get over that. Like, I just got over that a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got over that like a year ago because so, so fear is not this big, raging, oh, it is very subtle. It whispers to you. It's very, mm-hmm. oh, drink this. Oh, go visit some dramatic relatives. It's very, very <laughs> So they can focus on your energy. So they get, oh, you're a social worker. Just get back in the social work. Stay focused. And then it justifies, right? You're making good money. You're providing for your daughter. Don't go nowhere. You're providing a great life for your daughter. Your daughter wants for nothing. This is wonderful. You're good. You're good. Call it call. You're good. That's how she'll me. Yeah, and I, I can totally relate to that, Coley Cole, as I was preparing myself last night for my flight, and, you know, I'm getting packed, I'm getting my baby packed so she can go with her grandmother for the weekend, and yeah. I'll tell you, fear pops up for me constantly, whenever, it. Here I am 10 years later having, you know, been a practitioner in this fashion industry, and I am still to this day fighting fear. Last night as I was, I was packing and, and getting myself and my baby ready, 
the fear started popping, you know, started trying to creep in on me like, no, you know what, something horrible can happen to the baby. Don't, you know, this is my first time leaving, you know, being this this, yes. this far of a distance away from oh, her. Okay. It's not that she's, it's not that she's never been away for the weekend before, but literally, you know, as I landed this morning, I'm calling my my sister, who's um, who, mm-hmm. who my daughter's hanging out with, until uh, my mom picks her up, and I'm like, right. did she wake up early this morning crying as she felt the distance between the two of us? That's growing? their that's their work on you. Yes, yes. And, and and fear is it it's and like you said, it's so subtle because and and one of the things I wrote down on my in my notes was fear pops up sometimes as negative, not sometimes fear pops up as negative self talk, right? And that's mm-hmm. that very left brain ego perspective that is not bad. It simply wants to preserve the very space and environment that you're in. Good, bad, or indifferent, it wants to preserve Yeah, that. because when so because in a sense, when you're stepping out, you're saying, I want more. And the ego goes, more right. than me? More than us? Right. Right. Because we want more. Who says you can have that? I want more. <laughs> I want more. And the right. ego goes, more? What do you mean more? Right, right. No, I so my ego popped up this morning as something horrible can happen to the baby, mm-hmm. and I, mean, I, I, mm-hmm. the things that were popping up in my head, oh Nicole, yeah, plane crashes, yeah. bombs, yeah. all kinds of yeah. crazy ideas that are popping up in my mm-hmm. head about possibilities of things that could happen to my daughter while I was away, and mm-hmm. and the only thing that I could do, what I've learned is that, no. It, it doesn't matter how far you go in this thing. You are continuously going to be practicing the art of overriding that negative inner talk. And of course, then I have to I have to backtrack, you know, to my quantum my quantum teachings, which which trains me to know that when those negative thoughts start popping up, when that negative self talk starts popping up, you gotta you gotta bust out the cold words. And and it's mm-hmm. not that the practice is going to completely con- you know, um, mm-hmm. um, uh, obliterate the experience so much as we simply train ourselves to learn that. Take a deep breath, Nikki. Don't listen to that voice because, because I tell you what, five years ago, Coley Cole, and and even though mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing this ten years now, I really spent eight years learning and kind of, you know, old school. We used to play sure. Dutch at school. You know, you kind of, you kind of got to get your pace before you jump into into the ropes, right? And that's what I was right. doing for eight years. It took me eight years to really make the leap of faith. And mm-hmm. even in me, you know, now soaring, you know, because I got scraped up by some of the rocks on my way down before I, before mm-hmm. my wings really took and, and, and caught the air and took flight. But even in me, me taking flight and and I'm still learning to trust myself. I'm still learning mm-hmm. to override that that negative inner talk that that wants to keep me where I am. It wants to keep me in a in a and really a space of mediocrity. So it will go out of its way to, to come up with invent all sorts of horrible reasons as to why I shouldn't take that next step. And, and that's such an interesting thing because, like you said, a lot of times we think that fear is this big, grand 
experience, but it's not always that. It can pop up so subtly because once you start to tear back those layers and fear and ego recognize, oh, she's figuring me out. It's got to change the way it functions. So now it's got to be a little more subtle. Now it's got to maneuver a little bit different, differently so that hopefully you won't recognize it. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, I, 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 I yeah, go no, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. No, I, you go, you go. No, I, and I was just going to say it because I, I had written down, you know, negative self-talk being one of the ways that fear manifests itself. I had some experiences this week, and, and something that occurred to me as well is that when we began deflecting responsibility, that's another way that fear shows up because fear likes to tell us, and this is also, you know, the second part of our topic for the day is this need for a savior complex, right? And so mm-hmm. we'll start deflecting things onto other people. I was I was in my sewing room earlier this week, and I'm, you know, in my zone doing my thing, and I hear my neighbor outside. This dude is going off literally for like three hours ranting and raving about what he's going to do to his friend that took off on vacation without getting him his cell phone before he left. And, I mean, Nicole, I can tell you all the details of exactly how this tragedy happened because he was <laughs> by yelling for three hours, <laughs> talking about to other people about what he's going to do to this man when he sees him. And it was funny. I, just, I, I had no choice but to listen to what he was saying. But he, he kept talking about how, oh, well, now I can't go. You know, I had plans for the weekend, and I can't go now because it's his fault. And then he also, within the same breath, was talking about how, you know, occurrences like this where this guy, his friend flakes, you know, this is normal. So I'm thinking to myself, have you not stopped to think for yourself, you know, for a moment that, or wonder to yourself where your responsibility lies in all of this? Because he's talking about how, you know, I called him a week ago. I got him a I gave him a week to get me my phone back. And I'm thinking to myself, if you needed your phone that back, you should have taken it upon yourself to get to where he was Mm -hmm. to get your phone from him. Mm-hmm. But instead, you're deflecting responsibility on him, and now your sob story, when you finally do get your phone back and you talk to your associate who you were supposed to meet for the weekend, your excuse is going to be, it was somebody else's fault. So that's another mm-hmm. way that fear can pop up. Fear likes to say, mm-hmm. no, this, is, this isn't me, you see. That's not me functioning. That's, that's somebody else doing something bad to you. But that's fear. Right. Because, again, fear wants to keep us comfortable. It wants to keep us in the, in the same um, um, environment. So, I, you know, I say the negative self-talk, the deflecting responsibility, um, the refusal to, to jump off. You know, and, and again, that, that being related to or that being a sense of a rites of passage for us, you know, really growing up. And it, it's funny, I was I was thinking about, you know, being in my 20s and, um, you know, talking to some, to some folks who were in their 20s. And, you know, I, I laugh to myself sometimes because I thought I was so grown when I was 25, 26 years old. And I still laugh to myself thinking about all the ways that I still did the three-year-old, you know, game that toddlers play. I was doing that at 25, 26 years old, manipulating my mom to get what I wanted out of her. 
And I can only laugh to myself because I'm like, wow, you know, oftentimes we're so busy thinking that, you know, or I'm guilty of it. You know, I'm often so guilty of thinking, you know, I'm so zen, I'm so peace, I'm so grown up, I'm so this, I'm so that. But life has a way of revealing to us, you know, where our blind spots are. And I think that's a really beautiful thing because I'm, I'm constantly seeing those things unfold. I'm seeing those spaces where, oh, I need to, I need to improve a little bit over here. I need to I need to, you know, um do do a little extra cleaning over here because, you know, in, in the in the quantum uh class, you know, we talk about um one one of my favorite exercises is the um uh positron past exercise where, mm-hmm. you know, we we start to address and confront and, and get rid of some of those negative past experiences that we had, which I think kind of rolls us into um, uh, another question um, in, in talking about, um, you know, how does, how does fear impact consciousness? Um, and, and, and I was just thinking about the fact that fear is a thing that we can feed, and it's, it's one of those monsters that as long as we feed it, it's going to grow and get more comfortable. It's going to become like this, mm-hmm. this big slob sitting next to us, constantly grabbing us and, and, and talking us out of making that mm-hmm. jump. Oh, I mean, that is, I love, I love Omar on that. I just love riding this wave with you. Um, you know, we have the waterfall again today. We have the we have the waterfall. This is where we be. This is where we this is where we abide and just let it go. And and you know I'm gonna. It's a little heavy, but I mean this is. I love that it came up because what you just said is you can feed fear to the point where um, you know we believe because we're in quantum that thoughts become things. Okay. Yes. So and, and a thought is a thing, and it, it becomes a thing, i.e. matter, because we continue to give it attention, and attention is energy. Yes. So every time you keep putting energy towards something, it's, it's eventually it's going to materialize in your yeah. life, and it's going to matter. And um, you know, I've really been I've been looking at our 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 nation because it's it's you know you just the point of our nation right now, and where things are with um, the police shootings, um, you know, people yeah. of color, police, you know, men in blue, women, men and women in blue. And what is, what is the thing between these two people? You either you got the suspect, and the, but the one thing is between them that is fear. There is a mm. fear on the behalf of a police officer who doesn't know valid, does not know what they're walking up upon. There's the fear of the person being approached by the police officer, regardless of what they're doing. There's just that fear now. There's a fear now. Mm-hmm. So the only thing mm-hmm. existing the only thing that has been promoted and exists through TV, the good guy, the bad guy, shoot them down, drag them out, knock them down, lock them up. The only thing that has existed through our collective consciousness is fear. fear. So this thing, lots that of we it. have all been, lots of it, it is now materialized. It's now a living, breathing thing. And it wow. is the thing jumping in cops and pulling the trigger. And it is the thing. In in, in 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 other people who are who are being shot because it's 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 now real it has materialized yeah. the, the the what mm-hmm. is it the roosters have come home to roost the yeah. it, it is real now <laughs> and I mean I know for me there was a point 
where um, I called my daughter's father, and I, I called him, and he said, you know, what's up? And I, I was crying, and I said, you know, the first two years, and he's like, Nicole, we're, we're past that. I said, I know, but, and I cry now. I really cry now because I said, I contributed. I contributed to the bullets being dislodged mm. out of these guns every time I said, I don't need a man. Every time mm. I said, I can okay. do it by myself. Every oh, time that's I said, what, what, can, what can a man do for us? Out of my fear, now this was Nicole's yeah. fear, that I wasn't enough. So hmm. by my and fear, and is it funny how we like try enough, to reflect that onto somebody else? It's I him that's the problem. The man. And now look what's happening. Do you think of the collective? I mean, there are chat groups and Facebook groups of women bashing men and men bashing yeah. women, and you don't understand yeah. why black men are getting taken out? That's us. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. Every time you yeah. talk bad about a black man, you did that. You contributed Ooh. to that. And that's where Nicole was wow. at. I, I, I smile at every brother I see now. Old, young, huh. I don't care. I see <laughs> smiling you. at you. I, and you are beautiful <laughs> because I don't want anything to happen to my daughter's father. I don't want anything right. to happen to my father. So who am I to right. ever say that we don't need men? I, I, we wouldn't hmm. be here. We would not exist if, we didn't have if it wasn't for hmm. a man. So hmm. right, wrong, and different, your father was there, he wasn't there. It still doesn't negate that we all came through the matrix with the womb via a male. And if we hmm. can't appreciate that, then we can't appreciate our existence. Hello? Because really so we're, we're made up of both, right? We're made up of both. So if you have issues with men, if you have a fear, then you need to check out what is that fear. If you're projecting yeah. onto men, black men, I don't need men, then what is that fear you? You have to ask, you have to ask yourself the question, as a woman, what am I afraid of? Why mm. am I afraid to have this man in my child's life? What am mm. I afraid of? Because Absolutely. that thing is a beast, and it's out there, and it's loose, and it, it's taking out. It's not taking out bad guys. It's taking out good guys now. It's taking out really right. good guys. It doesn't, because it doesn't right. see. All it, all it heard was men. Men ain't, men ain't shit. That's all it heard. Right. So it's taking and out it, men. And it's, yes. Yes. Wow. And I just want to point out that, you know, we're talking about this concept of feeding fear and, and how we, if we nurture it, it becomes real. And what I want to point out is that, you know, fear has two mouths, okay? If you're familiar with the priesthood, you're familiar with the, with the quana, then I'm going to throw a word out there that we all know, which is the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that is responsible for the fight or, the fight or flight reaction. Okay, but the other place that the that fear can be fed is also in the root chakra, and I love what you said earlier about it being those places being fed that monster being fed through the media, through the television, through the movies. Um, I was I was reading an article a couple of days ago by our previous host Ice Life, and he was talking about the impact of. Um, uh, 
you know, this, this concept in our schooling system where black boys are, are dealt with differently than black girls are. And the effect of, you know, suspending black boys from school, taking them out of the classrooms, you know, having them arrested at the schools for nonviolent offenses, the impact and the message that that sends to black girls. And, and he so eloquently made the statement that what it ultimately, every time we, our teachers in our education system, and make the decision not to, you know, affirm young black men, they are taking a stab at the nuclear black family because they are showing, the teachers are then showing young black girls that young black men are not valuable. Look how bad they are. Look how disobedient they are. Look how out of control they are. And I said, I thought that that was so incredible. I had never even thought about that correlation before. But it occurs to me that there's so many different ways that that's being fed. It's being fed to us through the school system. Um, and, and, And what a lot of us don't realize is that the subconscious mind does not know how to distinguish between what we call reality and pretend, i.e. movies. So when we're watching, you know, the the, the horror films and the and the you know uh the dramas and, 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 and tragedies on television, whether we're watching T V shows like Cops or we're watching, you know, the, the, the movie lines. I, I refused to go and see that um, movie about the San Andreas Fault. I think The Rock was in it. I was like, oh, right. hell no. I was here right. in 89, and I remember that earthquake. I'm, I'm still traumatized right. from that earthquake. I'm not putting no more energy onto the San Andreas Fault. I refused to go right. and see that movie. But coming right. from an understanding that what I give my attention to grows. So I I wanted to point that out because we've got to be aware of how it is that we feed fear and also recognizing that the the next part of the brain that deals with the instructions that come from the amygdala, that's where the fear is, is not only an experience that we have, but it's also something that gets stored in us. And so I think oftentimes for us it's the, it's the, detaching ourselves and the reprogramming ourselves out of the fear, out of the trauma that, you know, we're we're trying to learn. And and when, you know, my experience was popping up last night when I was thinking about all the horrible things that could happen if I took this trip to LA. I mean, we're not even talking about another state, right? But I'm I'm thinking about all these horrible things that could happen. What I realized was a lot of these scenarios I had seen in movies before. <laughs> Come on. So there it was. My own brain was working against me to locate imagery to shock the shit, mm-hmm. to shock me and scare me into staying home and not taking that mm-hmm. next step. So it's it's really incredible how, how fear pops up and how it actually works. Well what I'm hearing what's what's incredible is how automatic this thing is working. Right. Right. How automatic. And it's scary that we don't it, it know just, it's on, it's on auto. It, it, you didn't press a button. You didn't say, okay, let's no. scan all the issues that could go wrong. <laughs> you, didn't, right. you didn't give directions to anybody to do that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's just, you know, and I think that's, and I, and I want to say the fear can become so overwhelming is I think that's why we have the savior complex. I think that's yeah. why, because Ooh, it can become. She just took us to our next question. Come, come on, you know we got to jump yeah, into it. Come on, come on with it before before we before we close out. 
it's so overwhelming. And a savior, you know, let's be clear about what a savior could be. It could be a, a, a holy entity, deity. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be, it, it, it could be running. I have seen people who are like those runner's highs where they're just like, man, it could be food. It could be not eating because that's so yes. a, a savior, a savior is anything that is outside of yourself, right, hmm. that you are giving the, the the belief, credit, power, and just basically hoping that something outside of yourself is going to fix the inside. You know that's yeah. what a savior is. Something outside is going to fix what's on the inside. And that right. and that could be anything for anybody. And we're not judging, we're not saying right, wrong, or different. But I love what you said when you were talking about the man with the phone, that you said, at what point were you not going to be like, I need to go get my phone? <laughs> You had a whole week to go get your phone. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. He's, he's clearly not going to bring it to me. And and that's the question I have to start asking myself. Nicole, at what point are you gonna go get your integrity? At what point are hmm. you gonna go get this 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 life that you want? At what point are hmm. you going to go get your phone? <laughs> or do you want to go get your phone, Cole? Go get your phone, Cole. Can you go get your phone? Because or unless here's the thing, you become addicted to being able to tell your other friends, you know how she did me, right? You know, right. you know Nikki was supposed to bring oh, me my phone, but you no, get addicted Coco to that story. Made at least five phone calls in that three hours telling everybody he knew about what happened. <laughs> so come on now. Did he really want his phone or was he addicted to telling the, the, the victim's story? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. that. And it was he so cool. I said he, he, he loved the story. He, he did not. It. He called five different people. He, yes. he said he was out yes. for three hours. Do you know what I would do with three hours if I have three hours to myself? I would work on stuff that I want. Right. And I, I, I was saying to myself, I wish he would just figure out how he can get to L.A. without his phone. <laughs> figure it you out. Know, so, I mean, figure it the, out. There's the addiction to your story and ooh, ooh, ah, and I love to do this. And then, you know, the, the fear and the savior thing is that somebody outside of me has got to change so that when I look out the window, I'm, you know, and I, and I have to watch myself with my daughter. You know, children are just adept to you. They're watching everything, and they, they love to see you smile. Everything. My daughter will do things to be cute. But see, she's five now, and so I have to let her distinguish the, the difference between cute because, you know, cute ain't always cute, if you know what I mean. You can be too cute. <laughs> Yes, See, that's one of the topics we need to be talking about is okay, too okay. cute, too cute. <laughs> where, where, where she? I can see her coming out of herself and saying things. So the other day, you know, I'm a, I'm very, I'm, you know, we transparent. We're talking about her first day of school. So I said, well, mommy's going to take you and daddy's going to take you. Mom, daddy's going to come. We're going to first day of school, and then we're going to wait for you because it's only like three hours, right? And we'll go eat okay. afterwards. And she said, oh, okay, good, because she, and she looked at me and she said, because I'm probably going to miss you and daddy. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, do you just mean you're just going to miss mommy? And she said, yeah. <laughs> oh. And, said, yeah. and she said, because, mom, I live with you. I said, baby, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what yeah. You don't got to be cute and say daddy. You don't have to do yeah. baby. We, lo- we love you. Yeah. We're your mom and dad. You picked us. You're stuck with us. You know, but, <laughs> but, but 
you know, I, you know that that place of just this, you know, I don't ever want her to look to me for. Uh, I don't ever want her. I mean, you're gonna look to your parents for approval on some level, yes, right, but not for. I don't want her to alter who she, her. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm, I don't want yeah, her to absolutely. alter her true nature, which was. I ain't thinking about him. Is you gonna be there? <laughs> and that's what it is right now. That's all I'm worried it about. might not be that way. It might not be that way right. next year. She might really be like, Mom, right. make sure Dad's there. She might. It might not happen until she's a teenager. But right now, right. all it is is you gonna be there. I want you. Right. Gonna, is you gonna pick me up? Don't let it just be him. That would not be cool. <laughs> and isn't that interesting? How because you and I have, you know, at least somewhat similar situations around, you know, our family structures. And mm-hmm. um, my mm-hmm. my my partner is not is not physically present. He's in um, Afghanistan, and he actually mm-hmm. um, was home uh, last week um, for two weeks on vacation. And I found myself, and and see, fear can also pop up and and fool us into thinking that, you know, I just want everybody to be happy. I just want to make sure that everything is okay. Fear can pop up as people-pleasing, okay? And and what occurred to me was I I started sort of obsessing myself with, are these two getting along with each other? Because he's been gone oh, since yeah. a yeah. couple of weeks before her first birthday. And wow. I was just, you know, I was talking with my mom, and, and literally we see him twice a year for two weeks at a time. So, you right. know, her relationship with me is, is different than her relationship yes. with him. But I see her, yes. you know, over the years she's become more curious and more concerned about him. This time when mm-hmm. he came home she was more um, responsive to him more quickly because she's mm-hmm. extremely shy. And so it takes her time to yeah. warm up to people. And I can remember being yeah. that way when I was a kid and I was the same way with my own father, whereas, you know, I might only see my father, you know, every six months or something like that. It just, it, unfortunately, it wasn't a priority in either of our lives to really build a relationship with each other. So I, would, mm-hmm. I remember being little and, you know, maybe it had been four or five months since I saw my dad and we were going over for the weekend. That first Friday night while we were over there, my my sister and myself, um, we that that was time we had to warm up and get get to know you again. Yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah. it's funny no, because I yeah. see my daughter yeah. the same way. It's like if she hasn't seen right. you for a long time, it doesn't matter who you are. She's got to warm up yeah. to you and get to know you again. So yeah. this time it was a lot shorter, thankfully. But I, you know, I kept and, and and he came home specifically for her birthday. And so when it was time mm-hmm. to sing her happy birthday, and you know, all that attention was on her. You know, she cried. She didn't want everybody looking at her. So he tries to yeah. pick her up. And she's like still crying, like, no, I want mommy. Yeah. And I know how yeah. sensitive he is. So I found myself, you know, stuck in the middle yeah. feeling like, I know how she feels, but I also know how, yeah. how he feels, and I want him to be okay. And, the ter- and yeah. I really just had to come to terms with the fact that, you know what? I'm here to encourage them, to help facilitate their relationship. If he has questions, I'm here to answer those questions. But it's not my job to come on to 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 create their relationship for for them. You can't create another between piece the of two life. of them. Mm-hmm. That's between the two of them. It's not. I oh, can't do it beautiful. for them. 
And, it, and, and, and I just see it as my job that whenever she asks about him, you know, Mom, where's my daddy? Because she sees, you know, other dads come into the daycare to pick up, you know, her friends and stuff. And she asks about him, I'm like, your daddy misses you, your daddy loves you so much, and your daddy is away working, and we are so thankful that daddy takes such good care of us. And just encouraging that rather than the narrative being, We're just not being you know, I don't know where your I mean, daddy is. Well, the thing is, is what you're doing is you're staying neutral and you're not being an obstacle. You're not creating mm-hmm. a fear. You're not creating mm-hmm. an impression of her that she's later going to have to unravel. Right. I think, I mean, that's right. what I'm really learning about my daughter. It's like, I thought I was going to do, 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 but you know what I'm realizing? It's a whole lot of don't, 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 don't. Just don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't. Don't put any, don't put, don't plant anything in there that you that you don't want to have to later root up. I mean, that's really I'm learning to just stay out of her way because it's the same thing. You know, she's five. She's been going with her dad every other weekend for the past two years. But there are times where he comes to get her, and her face is really like, I just saw you. (laughs) I look at him, and you know, we talk. I say, hey, when you see her, like physically touch her, like break that concentration that stares yeah. have on me and get in there yeah. and, 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 and put your energy on her, touch her, pick her up. Right. And um, right. I was really proud of him because last time she had a ugly face and she went to cry. You know what he told her? He said, you look so beautiful right now. Oh. <laughs> but I was and, and they learned so I was much. proud of him. The, I was yeah. proud of him. I was they, proud and of they good Right. Like, they no, learned the language from us. Like, yeah. He was yeah. like, you know what? You still, you're beautiful to me. I don't care if you're crying. You're still beautiful to me. Yeah, it, you it's know, okay. I, I love picking you up. It's, right. It's, it, it ain't about even it's okay. It's, it's what it is. <laughs> like, right. I have stopped telling her it's okay. This is what it is, Brooklyn. Yeah. This is what it is. You can FaceTime yeah. me. You can call me. But your daddy loves spending time with you. Mm-hmm. He loves it. Mm-hmm. He looks forward to it. This is what it is. You right. know, versus that it's okay, it's okay. Because it's okay led to well, how many days do I have to stay? And I was like, whoa, I don't want this. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, you know what, <laughs> You know, I don't say it like that. It's kids' terms, but I, I, I do tell her this is what it is, baby. We, we live in two different places. Because I had to let go of my fear. I had to let go of my fears of, you mm. know, her feeling some kind of mom's just throwing me out there or mom's not right. you know, burying me enough. Because I started feeling it was right. like, oh, like, am I, not? I have a calendar. I draw pictures of them. Okay, you're going to be with daddy on this. We have the countdown. But she was still getting anxious. <laughs> and you know what I realized is, hey, you know what? You five now. You know what you're going to have to realize? Mommy can't make this better. You, you don't get to look at your savior mommy and think that I have to have them a special way to fix this for you. You're going to have to find the inner wherewithal to sit with this, even though you're five. Because I'm not going to change and jump and, and, and ooh, I will maybe, maybe I'll drop her off in the, where you live. No, come get her. Yes. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be her savior. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Right, right. And I, I love what you just said about Right, and, and and you're so right, and and it's it's funny. I, I always tell Dolly, I say you're you're my teacher, you know, and and she's always, you know, she's trying to understand age differences and that kind of stuff, and she's always like, "Mommy, what are you talking about, you weirdo? You know, you my teacher." And I'm like, "No, you are my teacher," you know, and and 
oftentimes when when I see when I think about you know this this spiritual journey that we're on, what really occurs to me is that the the fear the savior complex another element of that is our immaturity. Right, I was talking mm-hmm. about how how grown I thought I was at twenty five, twenty six years okay. old. Yet, and still, I'm still manipulating my mama, right, mm-hmm. to get what I want, right. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're so busy thinking we're so grown, and you know, we we got it all together. I'm in my thirties now, so I got it together. But that could not be any further from the truth. The universe is constantly, with with every goal that I make, with every desire that I have, it is constantly. When I when I say that the universe is constantly conspiring for my success, I don't only solely mean that from the perspective of, you know, being in a space now where I don't really have to work, where time is, like, really on my side. I don't really have to worry about time anymore because, really, I'm in a space now where no matter what happens, I know – I'm I'm never too late anymore, right? I might be running 20 minutes behind, but I'm still going to get there in the, in the, just in the nick of time. Or the person that I'm going mm-hmm. to meet is going to call Come me on. and be like, "Hey, I'm running running behind." Come it's on. a it's a it's a it's a rhythm. It's a new rhythm that we get into. And so when I think about, you know, when I think about all these things and I'm thinking about, you know, it, it's really a matter of a maturity level. We want the Savior because we want the mommy Savior. We want the daddy Savior. But what also occurs to me is that, of course, there's a flip side to everything, right? Everything's about polarity. So there are other times where the, the Savior doesn't necessarily pop up as, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus, right? This this, mm-hmm. this 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 benevolent figure. Sometimes the savior is the scapegoat, right? And who do we call the scapegoat? You know, that's the devil. The devil did this mm-hmm. to me. The devil got in my way today, right? The deflecting mm-hmm. onto onto men. It, it, it's my ex. He did it. It's his fault. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's my ex. You know, women saying the same thing about women, or, or excuse me, men saying the same thing about women. We also mm-hmm. use, you know, planetary alignment as scapegoats. We've got all these different little routes that we go to deflect and put things outside of ourselves. Oh, you know, these planets were were in retrograde and they weren't weren't in my favor today, right? And and we got all these reasons for why we were not successful, why we were not in control. And what, what occurs to me is that we are growing to learn to trust ourselves, and we are growing and leaning into the understanding, the very tangible, in-depth understanding of the fact that there is nothing, nothing that we need that exists outside of us. The answer, as well as 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 well as the the question itself are contained within us. It's not the devil doing nothing to you. It's not, and, you know, I, I think I mentioned it before. I don't like to use the word, um, you know, I don't like to say that I'm blessed or that, you know, I'm lucky or that I've got some sort of favor because, to me, the implication there is that, you know, God is up in the sky judging, oh, I feel like blessing Coley Cole with, with a you know, with <laughs> some good news today. And then tomorrow I may not feel like talking to her. In my mind, you know, again, that's that's that because that's that very immature understanding of of God, of yeah. mommy, right? I gotta see if mommy got an attitude today. How mommy feeling when she come home from work? Is mommy is mommy is mommy wanting to play with me today or is mommy being mean and in a bad mood today? That's that very right. removed 
understanding of an, an immature understanding of God, whether we whether we call mm-hmm. it a God or whether we call it mm-hmm. a devil. Come on. At the end of the day, we're giving somebody else power or some other thing, i.e. the planet, power over mm-hmm. us that ultimately mm-hmm. we just haven't recognized resides within us. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I don't even know that we're giving something power versus we're just not using our own power. Because you yes. can't give anything to anyone. I know I know yes. mothers, I mean, even as a woman, we be dating these men, and you can't give any. I'm a social worker. I can't give anything <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> you know, substance abuse, mental illness, it is what it is. I can listen. I can give some, you know, but I can't give. I can't change. I can't make a difference. I can just be present. That's all I can hmm. do. And I yeah. can align to me the best I can align to me so my daughter can see. Because the other day she said, Mommy, well, I don't want to make We have like one minute left. She said, I don't want to make you mad. And I looked at her and I said, but baby, you don't have that power. Hmm. I don't ever want my daughter to think she can make me do it because I don't want her to think that she can make people do things. And I don't want her to think people can make her do things. Only you have the yeah. power to decide yeah. what it is for you. You know, and that's what Absolutely. it is. That's for you and I. You have the power to, to make it what it is for you on your business trip. You have the power. And you're mm-hmm. not giving that. Because you, you can't give it to somebody else. Because if you gave it to somebody else, they still can create in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Wow. So, you know, this is standing up in your own power. And like you said, maturing phase, phases, right? Here we are again with phases. <laughs> We're in a new phase. <laughs> <laughs> It you is, know, and, and it's it beautiful. Is. Yeah. So, I mean, so before we, yeah, yeah. So before we go, we of course we gotta we gotta get into the proactivity. How do how do we heal and start to clean out that that trauma and the memory of these negative experiences that we have? You know, it's, it's always how it works out. You know, my dad called me this morning. We were talking and. He said, what's happening? And, you know, it's never that simple with my dad. <laughs> it's never that simple. And I said, I've seen a lot of beautiful things. You know, there's a lot of positive things going on in our family. And he said, but did it happen? And I was really quiet. He said, okay, you're quiet. And he just really impressed upon me that nothing really happens unless you count it as important. So let's just mm. say the story is, oh, you, I love that you get it, like, right there it sinks in. Nothing is important unless you count it, which we, we talked about, attention and energy. So if someone tells you, well, you didn't grow up with the father, oh, oh my, like to me, Nikki, you didn't see your dad like every six months? That's just so horrible. Mm-hmm. That's just so horrible. Yeah. If, if, you really didn't, if you really feel like, well, that, that, wasn't, my, that wasn't my experience, that didn't, that didn't happen for me. I didn't become jaded because of that. Because people will tell you, oh, are you, did you become depressed? Did you not do this? Did the story, the story, the story. You know, you are the only one that gets to decide, did that happen? Because we are not hmm. the same bodies. Our body regenerates. We are not the same bodies, blood, skin that we were when you got beat when you were nine years old. <laughs> right, know? right. Like, it's not the same skin. You're, you're a total, you have totally different skin cells. You have totally, your blood has circulated and oscillated, and it's, it's totally different, but only you have the power to say it happened. Only you have the power to say it matters. And Absolutely. I think one of the things we can start doing is, is even when people say, oh, because you know that happened to you, girl. I don't know, did it? 
I don't, I don't know. I was, or if someone comes to you and says, do you know what happened? Just be like, no, I wasn't there. No. <laughs> you know, just not just just stop taking on other people's stuff. Girl, let me tell you what happened. Really? I, you know, girl, I, ain't even, I wasn't there, so I can't say. Just start right. Like, literally let it go past you, and, and let's stop being a container for the happenings that we ain't even involved in. That's one way. I love that. <laughs> I love you know, that, just, Nicole. <laughs> I, I do, and, and as you were saying that, I was what what I started to think about is sometimes our our God defines for us, you know, you should be angry at this, you should be upset at that, right? And I'm thinking about mm-hmm. Mom God, right? You know, my mm-hmm. and, and 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 that was my point about making the statement that my perspective when when my daughter acts, you know, and it's not like her dad is gone because of bad circumstances. He's yeah. that's just his job. He's away. Right. But what I understand is that I can't give her the impression that she should throw a pity party for herself because she only sees her dad every six months. I can't give her the impression that she's less fortunate than the rest of her friends because she only sees her dad every six months. This is your experience with your father. It is is your unique experience. It's special. Your daddy loves you. Your daddy is doing it for you. So that's just your life. And it may be different than your friends. It may be different than, you know, your peers. But that's okay. It's yours. It's yours. Like, like it's like you're clear. This is your life. I'm clear now at 39. This is my life. This is mm-hmm. this is it. I, this is the only one I got right now. So, you know, what's what the pretty part? Oh, what happened to you? Why do you want? I don't even ask my daughter. If my daughter does something. You know what I say? I say you good. <laughs> I don't ask her what happened. <laughs> Yes. I don't want to ask you what happened because then she'll get to going and yes. I was doing this and then I was doing this. Oh, Reliving no. the good? story. Mm-hmm. You yeah. good? You good? Okay. Did you Let survive? Are you okay? <laughs> you good? You're good, right? You're good. Okay, clean it up. Just clean right. it up. Oh, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> Just clean it up. I love that. I love that. I don't yeah. want to know what happened. Don't tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you got out of that. <laughs> you know, don't tell me what happened. Right. Can we clean up? What, right. what, what are you going to do thing? differently next time? Next time I'm going to keep the glue yes. at the desk. Great, great. Keep the glue right. off the bed. <laughs> right. You know. Right. And, and, and a part of that simply becomes just, again, I love that word, shifting our perspective, shifting our language. It's all, and it can be so slight, right? And that's, so, it, that's incredible to me. We're constantly talking about the subtleties, which, you know, I, I laugh because subtlety and softness and all of these adjectives are things that were so foreign to me, you know, only only a few <laughs> years ago. But, you know, it's through my growth. It's, it's been through the, the teachings of my daughter that I've learned these concepts. And and one of the things, one of the notes that I wrote down in in talking about fear and how it manifests itself, fear has a way of uh, making us not trust what we can't see because because Come fear is a, is a is a left brain activity and left brain is all about you know analyzing and and and, and, and things making sense you know logically. 
so so fight or flight and, and fear says it, it comes in and makes the assessment. Is this a safe situation or do we need to haul ass out of here, right? So, mm-hmm. so fear is a, is a left brain function. And because left brain doesn't understand subtle, right? I used to be very left brain. You know, I didn't understand subtle. I didn't understand gentle. I didn't understand unseen. I got to see it to know that it's real. So fear has yeah. this funny way of making us not trust the subtle, the unseen, which is which is really ultimately where the the stuff of life is. That's really where it yeah. is. Physical stuff is just an illusion. So so fear. Yeah. That's that's another way that it it hinders us in in excess is by causing us to distrust our inner selves because we can't see our inner selves. That's that's the part of us mm-hmm. that's quietly whispering in in our ear telling us, you know, don't beat up bloody, you know, don't leave bloody old man bodies in the middle of my clear. It's that <laughs> quiet, soft right. voice that is just gently telling you, like, now nah, we talked about this before. Come on. I, I need you to listen to me. Stay focused. <laughs> you know, don't right. listen to that right. screaming, shouting ego over there. Listen to me. So so fear has this very, very interesting way of, of um, exposing and manifesting itself. And I just had a, a few a few notes that I wanted to rattle off real quickly about about yeah. healing fear. And I love what you said, Cole Cole. And for me, as it popped up, what I realized was, We've got to simply observe it, right? And observing it, uh, you know, G.I. Joe back in the, in the 80s, I think the, the slogan used to be, knowing is half the battle. Simply observing mm-hmm. it and learning how fear functions is a big part of our job. And, and when I say observe it, we're not judging it. We're not saying yep, to no ourselves, opinion. this yep. should be different. I shouldn't be thinking like this. We're not judging it. We're simply saying, oh, I see you function in fear. I see how you get down fear. I see I see how you like to play games fear. I that's see perfect. you. Right? That's good. And then taking yeah, the good. next step being our quantum training, which tells us that you, you got to have, have your cold words. You know, cut, mm-hmm. you know, that's what Minister Jew likes to say is cut. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like mm-hmm. to be like, oh, no, I see you. You know, I'll I be having, like, serious mm-hmm. conversations in my head, like, no, I see, okay. I see what you up okay. to. Get out of here. <laughs> it's more it's more of like a long, a long sentence, get out of here, right? And, and, and simply because that's that's that that's that um that that reprimand of the fear just saying it's just like a little kid you know little kid you tell them no i i see you over there pinching babies doing stuff you ain't supposed to be doing and once they know that your eye is on them they're gonna Come start on. you know they gotta either stop doing what they're doing or they gotta you know learn a different way of functioning but it, they, mm-hmm. they've got to it's got to alter the way that it behaves. So that's why that code yeah. word is, is so important. Um, the other thing that I said was we got to remind ourselves of, of what the alternative is to, you know, again, are we rolling with God or are we rolling with ego? Because fear is a function of ego, right? So we've, we've got to make the decision that says if I, if I choose not to jump off the cliff, if I choose not to follow that that inner voice, if I choose not to listen to that that quiet voice that ultimately knows everything that I need to be doing, it has that bird's eye view of where I am and where I'm going. Then what's the alternative? And we know that the alternative to dealing in our lower nature is constantly having to practice and and try and grasp the lesson. 
So the lessons got to keep popping up until we get it. So that's what the alternative of, of rolling with fear is. There are consequences to that. And then the last mm-hmm. thing that I wanted to say was we got to – I've really been digging into – what you know, sometimes I listen to the show and I'm like, you know, well, I, I didn't really get to a point. You know, we talked about that before, and Coley Cole was like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you back to a point. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. And so the the next level that I kind of wanted to wanted to take, and I've just been digging, you know, the hermetic laws, the universal laws, and I say, Beautiful. well, I want to draw, I want to bring everything back to a, a universal law because we know. I said to my friend the other day, the math doesn't change. We do. When you try to add two and two and you get five, it's not the system that you got to check, but your method. Because mm. the laws don't change. They are always functioning. So what, what occurred to me was that, you know, this, this is a conversation about, about cause and effect. And cause and effect says that everything happens according to law. So when we operate from fear, what must follow then is the frightening experiences to confirm the originating cause or thought, which was fear. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. So, yes. so that's 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 my four little, you know, how to heal it and and how to how to how to tackle and gra- and, and and grapple with it, right? And 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 mm-hmm. again, just being really clear about the fact that it's it's not going to disappear. That's mm-hmm. that we're on a lifelong journey, so life is constantly going to be revealing to us, you know, little little tweaks that we need to make, little places for improvement. None of this work is going to stop the challenges from popping up. It Really, the, the stuff of it, the principle, really resides in how we choose to respond. So do we choose to indulge the fear? Do, did, I, did I choose to, you know, listen, oh, man, you're right. A, a, a bomb could drop on my baby while I'm gone. I shouldn't take this trip mm-hmm. to L.A. and curl up mm-hmm. in my little corner. Or do I simply mm-hmm. choose to say, to, to use my cold word and say, I see you acting up fear. Go sit down somewhere. Simply right. shifting the way that we respond. Mhm. I think those four are beautiful. Um, I don't really uh, dare I add anything because I think you you covered it all. Is that um, and because we're just talking about our process. I know something that I have done with fear is just as you said. I you know I see you, um, but you, you know, at the end of the day, we're always expanding. And so mm-hmm. my fear, when my fear jumps up, I now understand that I'm. I'm going beyond that which has been. And I start to get a little excited now. When I feel fear, I realize I'm going beyond that which has been. Mm. And so I've now taken the fear, and not the fear that you're talking about, like you're walking down a street and you get that, those sensations of like, hey, this is not the place to be going. Now that's instinct, that's stuff, that, right. that stuff you have to keep. But when I'm looking at, you know, like I'm starting a business, LLC, and I'm going through the process, and when fear starts to do the talk, I go, ha-ha, I'm expanding beyond that which has been. Mm, that's the indicator. That I have been. It's an, I now I understand that. that fear is an indicator. So if I start to feel strange, I start throwing out some sabotage, I actually can go, oh, okay, 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 okay. It's, at the end of the day, you're just – 
you know, you're opening up another loop on the belt. And the belt's going, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, man, we were only three notches in. And you're going, no, I want a more joyful life. We're going four notches out. <laughs> you know? And the belt is like, we don't, we only have five notches. No, I can, I can get a screwdriver and make a, another hole like we used to, old school, when we didn't have money for a belt. <laughs> started to see fear show up, and I now start to take it as an indicator that I am expanding beyond that which has been. And that could be a new thought. That could be how I see my daughter's father. That could be the idea of dating. That could be the idea of a new job. That could be the idea of anything. Anytime fear pops up, I'm going, oh, okay, I'm going into some new territory. All right. Okay. Wow. Wow. And, and, and you know what helps, I, what helps is when you're clear. When you're clear about your goals, you know, like you were, you were clear because you've been in the game for eight years. The last two you're going at it. So even though the fear popped up, you were able to proceed because you were clear about what you wanted to get. I think some of us are hmm. not clear about what we want, and so fear, fear gets, gets momentum. But when you get clear, hmm. when you get like, like my daughter starts kindergarten August 31st, so – you know, hey, I got to, I got to go at this. I got to, I, mm-hmm. there's no more, uh, you know, I know the, the life I want with her. I don't want her in after day, after school daycare. I don't want it. That's mm-hmm. Not for mm-hmm. her, for me. I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want it. From, you know, so, you know, I just, I really started to take it as an indicator. I'm going that beyond which I have been before. And which means I am evolving. I'm an evolving, expanding being. And so I, I don't fear it anymore. Okay. I just understand that it's going to be there. Like you said, every time it's going to be there. Wow. You know, Cole, Cole, you have the most beautiful way of, of, of really pulling out the silver lining and things and, and showing us how these perceivably negative emotions, experiences, you know, how they actually seek to serve us. And I, I just love what you said about that being an indicator. So, so you know, we, we talked earlier about, you know, how we choose to perceive, how we choose to categorize experiences. So, so Nicole is basically, you know, grabbing fear and, and saying, no, you're not scaring me fear. I know what you're really about. What you're really about is indicating to me that I'm, 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 I'm pushing a boundary. I'm pushing a limit. And that is incredible. That is so incredible, Nicole. And I, I think that's a beautiful place for us to, to wrap up. That's my takeaway for this week is, 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 is learning to look at fear from a space of an indication that we're reaching new heights. I love that so much, and thank you for that, Colby Call. Oh, I, I couldn't have got there without this beautiful transmission that we had prior to that. I, I want to take credit for it, but I can't. <laughs> I definitely inspired that. As, as smart as I think I am, I take no credit for that. It just flew out. It just flew out. So, yeah, we no, are a great team. We had a great. We are just a just a gift. I love this. I yeah. love this. Yeah. Well, thank you for letting me play at the waterfall again with you this week, Holy Cole. <laughs> hey, thank you for and controlling the switchboard and just making sure that the waterfall is projected. 
<laughs> well, actually, I've actually and lost control it. of the switchboard over here because my, my computer died somehow, even though I had it plugged in. So, unfortunately, family, if y'all are out there listening and, and on the line okay. wanting to ask some questions, I, I do apologize that I'm I'm not able to um, hit the switchboard, but... I, I did provide Nicole and I's email addresses, so if you've yeah, got questions you. or concerns, things that you want us to address, we can totally read those emails and address them uh, next week um, for Episode 7 already of It's That Easy. Okay. All right. Yay. And, uh, you know, hey, keep doing what you're doing out there. Are you coming home or you're, you're out there for the weekend? I'll be I'll be back tomorrow evening. Actually, I'm I'm out here for like 36 hours. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm that's my next move. I got a meeting at one o'clock. So <laughs> I'm okay. Do that, and then after that, have some fun. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That is the plan. <laughs> all right, all right, ladies. All right, you. thank sis. you all for hanging I, in there with us. <laughs> thank you, family, and we'll talk with y'all next week. Peace, Coley Cole. Peace, family. Peace.